Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Ding, ding, ding. Round two. Oh, God. Ding, a ling, a ling, a ling, 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 ling. No, do you know what? I. Oh, God. We knew it was going to, we knew it was going to happen, didn't we? we? Did. And we're laughing because we're, I'm, I feel like I'm slightly on the edge of madness. So I feel like I'm laughing through it. But um, yeah, poor Kit. I, I, uh, he's been really sick. So Thursday, he came back from school and he was roasting hot. Like it was a really hot day, but it felt like fever. And he was like, oh, look at my knee. And I was like, oh, what's wrong with your knee? And he was like, I've got this really itchy sore spot. And I was like, but it didn't look like a chicken pox at this point. It just looked like um like a spot, you know, yeah. without a head on it. Anyway, so through the night, Thursday night, vomiting, fever, like a horrible night. I mean, he was sipping water and he was literally projectile vomiting and he projectile vomited in our bed. I got some splash on my face. I mean, it was everywhere. Oh, like a whole God. house just stank of vomit. I know, sorry for anyone that's eating their breakfast. And then Friday day, obviously no more spots appeared, but the fever was still, and every time his fever spiked, he would throw up. So I was thinking, has he got a sickness bug? Is this the virus coming out in a different way? And then on Saturday, this this pot came up on his arm. So he's he's only got four chicken pox. Four. That's it. One on his shoulder, one on his wow. arm, two on his leg. That's it. Um, and, I'm, and I'm still waiting, but it's day four or five today. And I, I don't think he's going to get any more, but it's it's so much more viral. Like he, he's, you know, he's, he can't so he's get through the night. he's more poorly with it. Yeah. It's so strange, isn't it? How different kids react to different like viruses and different yeah. things. And But the, do you know what though? On the positive, I feel like, you were last week you were in the chicken pox bubble anyway and so you're mm. just extending it a bit and then that's it like that will be it they won't you know they won't get it again that's done you're done yes and and the difference is that I like for example Tara we're obviously podcasting today and Tara's here you know on, like she helps to look after the kids and she can be with him because he's not in excruciating agony like with yeah. all the blisters bursting out so actually I can still go out and get my work done and go for a run and do bits and pieces and then it's fine but he's he started sleeping in our bed and it's so nice oh, <gasps> we're co-sleeping you're I co-sleepers oh god never thought I'd say but I think I'm a co-sleeper guys do you know what I think it is I think it's because we both know that, that like Kit and Gigi are our last kids. Do you know what I mean? I think there is mm. something about that. Like with Axel, I was in such a rush, like to get you know to not make him grow up, but you know, like to do all the things and like yeah. you know sleep on his own and have his room and all that. And with Gigi, I'm like, 
no, I'm not going to take the sides off your cot yet. No, no. not going to take the dummy away yet. No, not going to do any of that yet. Actually, we, Gigi was sick on Saturday night um, oh God. in her bed. And so oh, she slept God. in with us. But I also had the dog. So I had James, Gigi, me and the dog in the bed. Well, is that and, your uh, sort of dog that you sometimes that, have? Our, our part-time dog. Our part-time what, dog. What's he called again? Rufus. He's actually Yeah, Rufus. He's, he's the, the reason we met, by the way, anyone that doesn't yes, know. Yes, he is. Oh, Rufus, it's down to you. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> How is she now? No, do you know what? She's totally fine. So I thought, oh, she's obviously got like a sickness bug, like you say. And then the next day she was just absolutely fine that nothing had happened yeah so strange anyway well Gigi came to a shoot with us on Friday um and she what a little superstar Gigi is she we were in a hotel room for about four hours and she was loving it creative director stylist she was she was helping us out with our outfit she was setting the set I mean she 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 bloody loves it she does love it and actually I was trying on um clothes for holiday last night and um I tried on I don't really like wearing shorts I never have my legs out anyone We'll, we'll probably have noticed that I don't, mm-hmm. just, just don't do it anyway so I'm trying these shorts on she went no mummy not stripes not for you so she's like <laughs> I was like and for a second I caught myself like oh yeah okay cool yeah and then I thought hang on what you're listening to a two-year-old what are you doing she's done <laughs> a whistle like she's no no mummy no stripes no not for you Oh. She's so she's so sassy. Great. She's such a diva. Basically, if anyone needs any style advice, just come yeah. straight to Gigi. Come straight she, to Gigi. She's yeah. not going to muck around with the advice. She'll be doing she a takeover soon. Yeah, she's very <laughs> honest. <laughs> Listen, we had such a lovely conversation with this person that we're chatting to today that it actually went on for a little bit longer than we normally do. But George and I were so riveted by what he had to say yeah. um, and it's so great we've got dad on the podcast today always lovely hearing a male voice um somebody that's been really open and honest about their whole entire life on youtube for a very long time but i think we saw a different person today yeah we did i think i mean we sort of touched on it in the podcast but i think sometimes when you become a father when you've been through certain things or a, a parent or father I don't, you grow as a person, don't you? You really grow as a person. You look into yourself, you learn things about yourself. You think more about the person you want to be maybe. Um, And you have more, you're more conscious of your actions. And I think Mm. that was so true um, in this chat. And wow, it it actually really took me by surprise. And it's one of the things I love about this podcast so much is you go into a chat thinking you're going to talk about one thing and actually the conversation can go in so many different directions. So Zoe said, it's a longer one. So maybe if you haven't got time, listen in two parts because you're not going to want to miss any of it because it's so wonderful. Definitely not. And we want to say thank you Thank you to this person for being so honest and sharing so much today. Georgia, who are we chatting to? Today, we are chatting to the brilliant Jim Chapman. We always absolutely love it when we manage to get a father on the podcast. And seeing as this one who's been uh, sharing his life on YouTube, sharing it with millions of people globally since about 2010, I feel like this conversation is going to be really honest, really raw and really funny. Uh, Professionally, he has over 2 million subscribers and more than 100 million unique views. We like those numbers. They sound big, although we don't understand what they mean. Um, (laughs) And personally, he's just got married to his partner, Sarah. Uh, They've got a daughter, Margot, who's eight and a half months. We've just clarified. Welcome to the podcast. Jim Chapman. Yay! Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Uh, we are ever so slightly stressed in our house. Actually, we're not even in our house. We're in the in-laws' house. Just, we're renovating. Um, and right. so 
slightly ahead of schedule, the house got just not pleasant for a child. So we, we upped sticks earlier than intended. So we just kind of arrived at the in-laws house. I'm like, can you just home us for a while? So um, back home, the builders are just dismantling and destroying and everything. So um, we don't really know what's going on. So in the meantime, we're just sort of um, semi-displaced and that we're very well looked after by the in-laws, but we also kind of don't know what's going on back home. So um, stress levels are like, you know, they're, they're, they're minimally high. It's not a big yeah. problem. But um, we have suddenly invaded um, the parents. We're like, hi. <laughs> to turn Hello. Up. <laughs> Who's, is it, is it, are these Sarah's, Sarah's parents? Sarah's so they're your yeah. in-laws. And how's that relationship? Because we, we often touch on the mother Absolute best. relationship. Honestly, they is are it? wonderful. Yeah, I've got like my own little relationship with, with each of them. So Sarah's dad, um, it, he's like, he's really... Um, What's the word? Like, yeah, he's obviously a man that is 65 or something. Most 65-year-old men I know are not at all in touch with themselves or, you know what I mean? But he gives really yeah. sound, honest advice. He He's um, really keen to learn. He's really eager. Like My, my job fascinates him. So we, we talk at length about things. But also, you know, I happily i've gone away with him a few times just me and him for like a weekend away jackie sarah's mum um i have you know we we hang out all the time too like she's really really great and then obviously sarah's got a couple of brothers and a sister as well so um i'm really fortunate actually to have such wicked in-laws because it isn't always the case oh absolutely oh, God, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but is it quite nice having parents looking after you as well because that's what I always think when I go to my parents house I become the child again and I'm like oh I can sit here and wait for a cup of tea to come to me all right this is nice yeah but because we've also turned up with Margot and Margot is actually an absolute dream she's you know touch wood and a treasure she's such an easy kid to look after but we have just turned up at their house so Sarah and I with a month's worth of luggage plus a month's worth of luggage for a child, plus the child. Yeah. So suddenly we're like, hi. So they're super accommodating. They're really welcoming. But we are also aware that we've kind of encroached on their space with loads of stuff with us. Um, yes. You know, we're potentially out of the house for two or three months. We don't really know yet. So we've we, <laughs> just sort of rocked up. So we are, um, they're very gracious hosts and they look after us really well. But we're also quite conscious of, um trying to minimize the destruction you know what i mean like, staying you, you're welcome yeah staying welcome. Yeah. marco's got like her um her play mat and it just sort of follows us around the house but it's always in the middle of a room um yes. <laughs> and then i'm like i don't want to just take up all your space but at the same time margot loves hanging out with them and they are very keen they, they can't wait to pick her up and squish her that's lovely that's lovely yeah i try not to do it too much i try not to give give her to them too much because i don't want them to feel like they have to but they love it it's great that's oh, great isn't it and congratulations I mean obviously for Margot but also you just got married show us your rock I was going to say but yeah, obviously it's well, just a band we have, we're not actually wearing them yet so because um, ah. so our, our wedding uh, ceremony is in Spain in September uh, right. but we had because Sarah I always say she's half Spanish she's not but her parents so her dad used to work in Spain and he also inherited a place from his parents um in spain so sarah spent a lot of her summers there growing up so she speaks the language she loves the culture um we're getting married there in september but we had to do the legal part and um it was either like the registry office in wandsworth <laughs> where we live which is fine right but it's not like a huge like memory and it you know so we happened to be on a trip um in la recently um for a work thing and we were like while we're there um should we like just get on a road trip to like vegas or santa barbara or something because it's as legal but it takes 
five minutes and it's much oh, more for memory in, in the uk you have to like register your bands and then you have to like there's a delay and it takes yeah. forever yeah and it's just kind of it's it's not like a massive um like memory i suppose it's, it's you know loads of people do it and it's like it's really great but it's kind of felt a bit sort of perfunctory for us because we're going to do our nice wedding in spain it just felt like a a mechanism to get through it so we're like while we're here let's make it a memory so we actually flew uh sarah's mum jackie out with us um and in and Sarah's aunt so Jackie and Sylvia hadn't seen each other since well before the pandemic because she lives in uh, in America um right. so we were like listen Sylvia's in town Jackie can fly out so the two sisters got together and they hadn't seen each other for like four years and we were like while we're in town let's just get hitched so we drove to Santa Barbara in the pouring rain took our baby with us took her uh, took uh, Jackie and Sylvia it took Sylvan an hour. and Jacks got together. It's like, Jacks, it's like the yeah. start of a movie. Yeah, Sylvia and Jacks Sylvia did Santa Barbara. Sylvia paid for the wedding because um, I couldn't get my car oh. back. I was wearing a suit. <laughs> 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 it was like a couple of hundred dollars or something. And she went, who's paying? And I, oh, I'll get it. And then I was stumbling with my car and Sylvia just went, uh, paid, paid for our wedding. So we owe her now. Um, but yeah, oh, it was so. a really, really lovely. I mean, it hardly ever rains in LA, right? And it was pouring it down. So we drove to, to Santa Barbara and it was like torrential. So we got drenched. But oh. that was all kind of part of the... You know, part of the drama, part of yeah. the, the yeah, day. Part so, yeah, part of the fun. Can you give us any sort of details about the day? Like we obviously saw what Sarah was wearing, but was it was it literally just the five of you there, and that was it? And yeah, yeah. I mean, the details are, are essentially exactly what Chloe, uh, Courtney, Kardashian just did. We got married at Santa Barbara <laughs> Courthouse, and then went to the Rosewood um, for lunch. And only went to the Rosewood for lunch because we Googled where, where where we can go. And then the other day, she did exactly that, and I was like, I'm such an influencer. Look at me. <laughs> 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 she she you. Yeah. Before we get into your life as a parent, can you just take us back and tell us a little bit about your childhood and, you know, your relationships with your sisters and your mum and, and mm-hmm. what growing up was like for you? Uh, I mean, growing up, I mean, this is uh, instantly going to get really, really heavy. Growing up for me was, um, I, I was really well loved. I never questioned that. It was, so my dad was uh, abusive to my mum, but also because because of that, there's an atmosphere in the house. Now, obviously, as a kid, you don't know that because that's your default. That's just what you live with. You don't know any different. It wasn't until I got to like visit my friends' houses. I was like, hang on, your house isn't like really tense and like uh, scary. Um, so where my dad uh, kind of, uh, was was either not around or was not a particularly positive um, right. role model. My mum and my sisters really took over, actually. So I I, I don't um, think of myself as particularly unfortunate or like a, I don't wear it as a badge or I don't use it as an excuse for any behaviour or anything like that because actually I was super loved uh, by my mum and my sisters and obviously my twin brother, Um I, I look at my childhood and yes, there were kind of ups and downs, but overall it was really, really happy like any other. I mean, my, my, mm. my dad kind of went um, when it got kind of ugly and then the police and the, and the courts got involved from about like five or six. Um, he was no longer in the house. And then by the time I was like nine or 10, I just kind of stopped seeing him. Um, and so right. th- there were anything to do around him was, um, it's scary. I mean, scary is the word, I suppose. It was. It was scary. It's unnerving. Um, he was unpredictable. And I, I think as a kid, you need that sort of stability. Even if that stability is always negative, mm. you know what to expect. You know to avoid mm. it. Um, if it's so unpredictable that I remember sometimes I'd hang out with him and we'd, and, uh, we'd draw together. Or he would. Um, we used to have these magazines that we'd, you know, you'd collect a piece of the... Um, 
uh, the figure every week. So by the end of it, you've got like, I remember having like this big tarantula figure. So we'd do that once in a while, but he'd go months without doing it and then we'd have to catch up on loads. So there were positive moments, but then yeah. more frequently there was all of the um, negative, the not knowing, the being unsure. Uh, and of course that makes a really unpredictable caregiver. Um, and that is actually, um, I think, more damaging than someone who's consistently negative because you, you don't know what to expect. And you go to your caregiver for love and attention and uh, sustenance mm-hmm. and affection or whatever. Uh, and if you don't know what you're going to get, you never know kind of how it's going to go. Whereas I think if someone yeah. is you know consistently negative, I mean, that's awful, don't get me wrong, but at least you, you end up finding other ways around and you don't go to them anymore. Yeah. Um, my mum was the opposite, obviously, and was consistently positive. Um, but she was looking after four kids whilst... Um, uh, working wow. whilst also going through uh, all of the divorce proceedings and like the court, which took a long time actually because it, it did get really ugly. Um, but also was, you know, it, 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 she's a really tough, strong woman, my mum. But you can't just escape these things. And people always say, you know, you, you know, you just just get out. You can't because my dad was a was volatile. Like he, when we went in the house, he would just break in and would trash the place or one time and this is a really uh uh it's a strong wording but one time my mum always says he kidnapped me I don't think he necessarily kidnapped me but he came to mm. the house and he was not allowed because there was like a, a junction against him uh yeah. and so I opened the window and said uh mum's calling the police you'd better go so he just sort of took me out of the window now I don't think it was as as drastic as him snatching me out of the window he was my dad so I wasn't scared go to him yeah. again it was unpredictable yeah. um but part of the unpredictability is what he did do is he put me in his car and drove off we ended up in a, in a police chase it kind of got pretty hectic wow jim it was kind of like a for it's a kind of a tale of two hearts my childhood and that i don't i don't um feel like i was particularly hard done by that's what happened in my childhood i had loads of therapy you know like i i am really um at peace with it i don't think my dad was actually um a terrible human being i think he was just um he was dealt he was dealt a bad hand he had a, he had ms um but i think he reacted to that in a pretty in a fairly selfish way i think sometimes mm. you my sister had ms for example and her attitude towards it is hey i've got it unfortunately it's one of those things i can't control it i didn't ask yeah. for it but i've got what i've got and so she takes her medication and she looks at new ways of being around for longer but she's also got a really positive attitude and I think that makes a massive difference when you've got an illness like that because I think my dad kind of wasted himself away by by his sort of negative um and then he ends up lonely you know he lost us uh and we're really great (laughs) (laughs) yeah you are you are I mean my my whole family are bloody wonderful you know um and I he he passed away when I was oh god what uh, how long ago was it I only found out about it on like Facebook or something so it must have been five six seven years ago and right. I found out about it and was like oh okay that's a shame like it found it sounded to me like because obviously I've got that connection to him because he's my dad but it felt it sounded to me a bit like um, when you find out like someone two doors down has passed away You're like, oh okay um, you never really knew very well but you knew enough to 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 acknowledge um and it didn't really have a massive impact on him because he wasn't my my dad anymore he wasn't an excellent role model um he wasn't an excellent caregiver he was a source of um 
uh, worry and concern and negativity yeah. in my life. On the flip side, my siblings and my mum, fantastic, you know, and I mm. always knew that I had that secure base. And I think that has made, uh, for, for me, my, my childhood made a massive um, difference. And that's the stuff that I choose to um, yeah. go back to, you know, that's the stuff that matters. And my family is super duper tight. I think it would be tight regardless, but I, I do question whether that kind of shared experience has, has uh, kind of cemented yeah. us even more, you know? I think it's really interesting and I think it's really admirable actually that you went and did the work and you went and did the therapy because, you know, historically we look and actually you started the podcast by saying it that, you know, most 65-year-old men aren't necessarily that kind of um, mm. open and they maybe lack of in touch yeah. with themselves and stuff. So was that, was that a process that you felt you absolutely had to go through to grieve you know, I mean, you say your dad only died five or six years ago, but for you, potentially, the door was shut a long time ago. So what was that process yeah. like for you? I've been seeing a therapist for, God, I mean, for 10, 11, 12 years, since actually around, around the time I started doing the YouTube thing, only coincidentally, not not because of the, <laughs> because I needed it um, around around that. But coincidentally, I think my my girlfriend at the time really struggled with anxiety. And so I took her, and, and her anxiety was so so intense that, um, she was worried about being in the room with her therapist because she was, you know, it was a new person and she was convinced that her, her therapist was going to like make her worse or do, or, or had like nefarious wow. motives. So I said, I'll sit yeah. in with you. It's fine. I'll just, I'll be there and I won't say a word. I'll just be there for support. Anyway, um, it came up a conversation and, uh, and the therapist was like, you know, everyone's got something to deal with. Um, and I thought, maybe I do. I, I kind of, brushed it off at the time and then I gave her a call later and was like you know what if everyone's got something to do with them I may as well come in for a chat and then <laughs> 10 11 12 years later um I, I still speak to her I, I think at the moment you know sometimes there are, there are there are times when I'm going through a moment anxiety kicks in or I'm, I'm prone to sort of like bouts of misery <laughs> um yeah. and so sometimes things kick in so I need her but actually because I've been doing it for so long now I'm pretty good at recognizing the signs and I'm I know that I'm smart and I know that I've got all of the um, tools at my disposal to, yes. to, to, to be fine. So more than anything, I talk to a kind of for mental admin type things. Or actually yeah. at the moment we're talking about swimming because I'm scared of water. Um, and so we're like, right. what else That's do we interesting. So I'm deciding <laughs> to start start swimming. I think a lot of these these things often come up again when you're about to become a parent or you become right. a parent because then you start thinking back don't you to oh what type of parent do I want to be and then you mm -hmm. think oh well my mum did this and I loved that what sort of father do you want to be I mean I know you're a father already but in general how do you want to raise your little girl it's, it's tough because I, I, I kind of want to say I want to protect her from everything but actually I think that's what my mum tried to do for too long actually and it wasn't we only found out uh, about uh the way my dad was behaving when when my brother and i walked in on it prior to that it would just been uh an unpleasant household we'd never known the re and we just thought that was normal it wasn't until we kind of almost had that sort of point of context where we'd gone oh my god he's actually hurting her um suddenly things made a bit more even as a kid things made, made a bit more sense right so there's an element of wanting to protect her from everything but also I appreciate that that isn't always the right um, uh, the right thing to do. You can't, you know, soon enough she'll be an adult and you can't protect her forever. Or, you know, I may get hit by a bus tomorrow and then she she, she needs to, to have some sort of autonomy. I think in a way my childhood, my whole family, so my, my, my brother and my two big sisters were super autonomous to the point of, 
we'd be fine on our own. <laughs> I yeah. don't need people. Mm. Um, and actually, I think that we've got that switched up a bit too high. But I think partly because we spent a lot of time on our own, um, because my mum was a really busy mum looking after four kids um, on her own, my my brother and I would just go out skateboarding and cause mischief and that sort of stuff. So we were really good in our own space and we're really yeah. independent and we can look after ourselves. And that's, that's a really good quality. But It's actually, a really great skill. Yeah, yeah, it's a really great it, skill. It that. is when it's switched up to like a six or a seven. When I've got it at like a nine, I just don't talk to anybody. I've got two friends. <laughs> I'm really close to my family. I don't have loads of friends because I don't need them or I don't even really want them. You know what I mean? And, and even Sarah sometimes is like, hello, come back to me because I'll just sort of switch off. And if I've got like a project on and I'm working, I'll just disappear forever. Um, so something I try to do loads with Margot is I make sure that I'm present. I do every morning, apart from Saturday morning, that's my morning off. So I do the mornings with her. Um, and um, I try not to like have my phone in my hand all the time. I want to like be mm-hmm. present. I do probably eight out of 10 bath times because sometimes I'm working late, but I'm there for, for bath times and I put her down for bed. And I, I want to make sure that I'm around and I'm present. Um, and I think, again, because my mum, not through any fault of her own, but she couldn't be super present. And we've, yeah. we've now, I, I want Margot to like enjoy people. And she does. She really, really loves, like she's super social. Um, but I also want her, it's a kind of a fine balance. I don't want her to be dependent on everybody, but I also want her to enjoy people's company. So um, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that I'm present enough, but almost like that sort of, solid base that she can jump from and climb back on, on board if she falls. The consistent base that's always there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's really interesting that you, you touched on the fact that we obviously want to try and protect our kids because, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's that sort of, it's it's here and it's it's been built inside us. You know, if we hear that someone's been mean to our kid at school, we're like, I'm going to tear their head off. Yeah. But then you're like, well, actually, they've got to become slightly streetwise. And I said this to Luna because she's my middle daughter. She's the most sensitive soul out of them all. And she'll cry if, you know, somebody doesn't smile at her in the right way. She's like, what does it mean? I'm like, right. that's just the way she smiles, you know, and people are going to be mean to you and people are going to shrug it. Like, you're going to have to grow thicker skin. Mm-hmm. And I think in a way that's a better skill than constantly trying to protect her. Because at some point, like you said, she's going to go and then what's going to happen? Right. I do worry about Sarah that. Is, um, Sarah's like a real mama bear. Uh, and yeah. already there's been a few things where she's got like, and I'm like she's eight months no one has an opinion yet <laughs> you know she's not gonna <laughs> she's not gonna fall out of anybody uh, and already she kind of has like these uh these moments where she gets um like offended on her behalf and I'm like you, you, you. it's for me I'm I'm super um I'm very patient I've got like a long fuse when my fuse goes then I'll you know explode. I've got yeah. a very long fuse and so I let a lot slide um and I'm also, I like to think really empathetic. So I will often think about it from the other person's perspective. Um, and I actually think that even even if that's a perspective you can't really get your head around and still think they're wrong, by the time you've got into that mindset and you thought, so what are they thinking? You kind of calm down a bit anyway, because you've you're almost like counted to 10 by by default, you know? Um, so I I don't, I mean, obviously, when my, when my Sarah can push my buttons and, and will argue, but for the most part, I don't get angry. I don't shout. I'm pretty calm. And I want Margot to sort of be around thoughtfulness, I think, you know, rather yeah, than just react. Okay. Sarah's super emotional, super react- reactionary, super reactive. Um, and uh, that's really cool. And, like, she's, she's like, kind of quite feisty, and I love that about her. Um, and most of the time, she's in the right. You know, she's, she's very rarely wrong. She's... Um, she, she, she loves like justice and stuff and that's great and I think Margot needs a sense of that but I also think she yes. has to appreciate that the world isn't just 
um, right and wrong or, you know, kind of good and bad. There's loads of gray and the, everybody's living in their own bubble regardless um, of what the, like my dad again go back to him as, as an example did a lot of bad things i don't think he was a bad man i think he sort of lived in that sort of gray area you know and i think that's important mm. that it's, it's quite a complicated thing for for a kid to understand they get wronged in some way and then um they either want retribution or yeah. they want to sort of start pointing fingers and whatever and i think it'd be really important for margot to try to uh, try to teach her that you have to kind of consider things from other perspectives. Yeah, I think it's incredible that you look at things like that. We'll be right back after this short break. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? And I think as well, like we, we spoke about this before we started recording. I think when you become a parent, there's a lot of comparison. It's, it's instantly, you know, right. from the size of a person's bump to how many antenatal classes are you doing, to what mm-hmm. type of birth are you having? To, Has your baby oh, got are teeth they crawling yet? yet? Are they sleeping? Are they doing this? How right. have you found that? Especially in this first, yeah. <laughs> especially in the first eight and a half months where I think it is yeah. full on. Especially on social media. And you're right. And, and and I would argue that it's much worse for mothers um, because they obviously carry the baby in the first place, right? So they've all, already got that competition. Besides the fact like pregnancy is an odd thing for uh, for a man, for the partner, because you don't have all that bonding instantly that that a mother has, you know, whilst gestating. You know, for me, Sarah was getting larger and I could feel Margot kicking and everything, but I couldn't have that connection. She wasn't inside me, you know. So mm. it's a, it's an odd thing to feel. And so I guess by default, I'm obviously super protective over the two of them um, still now, but when Sarah was pregnant, you know, as, as one unit, super protective, but it's still super rational about it all I think whereas for Sarah it's like a massive emotional you you just can't I think as if you if you can't carry a baby you can't compute the the, the situation I think and I I appreciate that and I know I'm never really going to know um so I would argue it's much worse and also Sarah does the majority of the, the day-to-day mothering now because obviously I work um and so again it's harder for her because she she's the one who is uh, kind of compared to, so particularly how doing what I do as well and what Sarah does because we're on social media. So you scroll through your phone and you see loads of parents going, hey, my baby's doing this, my baby's doing that. Oh, yeah, God. And I'm forever saying to Sarah, but look at our kid. 
is she happy? Like, just she she is the happiest little sod you've ever. Like, she just constantly smiles. Um, she's even teething at the moment, and it's pretty hectic. Like, one of her tooth looks really sore actually, and she mm. when she's not in pain, she's having a great time. Like, I, I couldn't ask for anything else. Like, mm. my priority is firstly her safety, then her health, then her happiness. Everything else will come, or it won't come. It doesn't matter. Like, Margot never really rolled. She's only rolling now. She's eight and a half months. Apparently, that's a sign that kids typically do at four months doesn't matter so she doesn't matter so she doesn't like being on she doesn't like being on on her tummy very much um even she now, might not she be into roller coasters, you She can roll now. She doesn't particularly like it. And then when she ends up on her tummy, she goes, she gets a bit kind of like irritable. So, okay. So what, but she sits up fine and she's, you know, it, whatever happens, happens. I, I, I honestly, I, I look at her and I just think oh, we're so, we really lucked out because she's, um, just a wonderful little soul. I know everyone says that about their kids, but she, she's not like fractious. She hardly cries. And this is something actually wrong. Um, she's like clockwork. She'll start doing this little whingy noise and you're okay. So she's either pooped or she's tired or she's hungry. It's one of those three things. Once you fixed yeah. it, she's happy again. So I would much rather have a happy baby, a happy little person mm-hmm. in my life than um, the most advanced kid in the world. <laughs> then a kid doing roly-polies at four months. <laughs> it, it, is ama- it is amazing. Comments that you get though, and it and for for, mm. for first time parents, I mean, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. the same like we're saying. You think the, the mothers have it have it harder, but I I would argue that actually, if anybody says anything to you, regardless of whether you're the mother or the father, it is quite difficult not to let it just roll off your back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know when you when you're getting comments like, oh, Luna didn't get any teeth till she was, I think like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, months. I remember right. this. Yeah. People messaging me were like, you really need to take her to the dentist. I was like, of course I don't. Like, of course her teeth are going to come. What are they going to do? Put chains in her gums? And- Right. pull them down just so she's got some tears. It's ridiculous. You kind of can't win on the internet. I, I think I'm very, mm. fairly lucky. And again, Sarah's only been doing this as long as she's known me. So she kind of stumbled right. into it. I've been doing this since the beginning of social media. So my skin is super duper thick. Um, right. And things do just kind of ricochet. It's harder when it's about my wife or my child because I'm like, hang on a second. They don't deserve it because I've mm. put myself in this position uh, and I can take it. But you can't, like Margot's, doesn't have she's you know her skin's super baby soft and lovely she she hasn't got thick skin yet maybe she'll get there maybe she won't I don't know but either way um and I'm simply like I, I'm I would say 99.99999 recurring percent of the comments I get are super positive if ever they're not I just won't post anymore you know Margot's um happiness and safety and health is far more important than my social media so I just will stop I'm really enjoying sharing stuff because she's at the point where she's doing new stuff all the time and it's just every day is like a a, like it's just the best and so I I also love your relationship with Sarah it seems very kind of playful and from what I've seen like I watched your vlog when you went to America and you're doing the road trip and she just came on and she was like hi it's me I'm your favorite one out the two of us Uh and I was like she's funny she's very funny and you guys was it a big love affair when you guys met I I find that quite interesting because obviously I know that you you know we all know that you were with somebody for quite a long time before that and then you met Sarah and it seemed quite kind of instant yeah I mean it it wasn't it was fairly instant for us um but it wasn't I, I think there's kind of been this this uh the uh, the timeline of it has been slightly misconstrued by when stories were released by the press. Actually, there was, there was plenty of time between my ex and, and and meeting Sarah. But when we met, we were like, oh my god! Like she was my first date on um, in since before my ex of twelve and a half, twelve thirteen wow. years. Like that. Wow! And my my sister had said to me, "I know what you're like. 
don't go falling in love, you know, like try before you buy, play around a bit, be, you know, kind of be a bit naughty for a while. Like you deserve it. Have fun. And I was like, yeah, great. I will. I'll just start like, I'm never going to be a player, but I was like, I'll go on a few dates. I'll meet a few people and, you know, no strings, all that stuff. I met Sarah and I was like, shit. <laughs> She's really great. <laughs> she have left you for a few months. Right, yeah, <laughs> Thank so, you. Like, yeah. She was my first date for 12 years or whatever it was. And then, um, yeah, we could, couldn't like, attached to the hip from that point on oh that's really lovely yeah. and when did you decide that you wanted to start a family is it something you always both wanted yeah I would have had kids well my I'm 33 I would have had kids a decade ago um right. I, I like I say I, I've got two big sisters both of which had kids uh have kids and I've got twin brother so my oldest niece is 17 um and then obviously Bobby my my brother's kid is is three and they kind of range in between and there's margot obviously it's eight months um and i've always wanted it like I, i've always known um and actually it was on our second date sarah and i were talking about it. not we weren't talking about like oh here's our future we weren't sort of that weird but I, I can't remember how it came up in conversation i think i was talking about my niece and she was talking about hers and we just sort of went a kid's like a thing for you and i was like yeah they definitely are um uh and i don't Again, it wasn't like a conversation where we were <laughs> planning out our future because we'd only mm. known each other for about 48 hours at this point. Um, but we were talking about, you know, when you first meet someone, you really click and you just talk about everything. Um, mm. I didn't know at the time, but she went back to her friend and was like, oh, my God, he wants kids too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, she's super maternal. Um, uh, and she's great with, with obviously, my nieces and nephews, but also her own. And yeah, she's the most wonderful mother. She, she, she gets um, uh, in her head about stuff quite often uh, and will worry she's not doing enough or Margot's well, not happy enough or uh, yeah I'm, <laughs> yeah I'm sure it doesn't and like I have to keep reminding her like how wonderful she Sarah walks in the room and Margot loses her mind like she's just their best pals it's great um and it, it's uh, I don't think sometimes she doesn't give herself enough credit because it's it is like it's it's more than a full-time job like doing what I do you know I'm not around all day because I'm working but what I do is so much easier than what she does. Like, I don't really care what job you do. It's easier than raising a kid. <laughs> like it's, it's, you, you don't get time off apart from when they nap. Mm. And even when they nap, you're like, right, okay, I've got ironing. <laughs> and I've got mm. like to do the laundry whilst keeping an ear open in case she freaks out. So I've taken a day less a week. So I, I, I'll have a day in the week off. So like a four day week now. Um, but it doesn't always work with my job. You know, I was away over the weekend yeah. recently because I had a job on and then I had like a really crazy week. So I ended up doing seven days, you know, in a row. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm not even at home, I can't even do the mornings or the evenings. So Sarah does everything, you know. Um, but for the most part, I try to make sure that I work less hours and I finish at an appropriate time and I'm around loads to give her a break because it's really hard. But um, I think for Sarah, she is the most incredible mother but she gets burnt out because she has to do so much of it and then yeah. she um it gets tired and then if ever she loses her temper um then she feels really guilty so i we're quite good at, even if i'm upstairs in the office and i'm writing and i can hear sarah getting stressed by Margot, i'll kind of just have five minutes where i'll go right give it to me for five minutes you go get a coffee um yeah, and then we'll reset yeah. because uh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. hard especially if they're like whingy and it's in your ear and when Margot was teething the first time around, when her bottom teeth came through, it was pretty hectic. And, you know, she was just going in Sarah's ear the whole time. And there's only so long you can take before you just go, <laughs> I need a break. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind yeah. here. Yeah, right. I mean, we, we, yeah, it's I think it's happening across households globally to 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 one or both parents. But it's really great right. that you can come down and be like, right, step away from yeah. it for a second, and also see that see yeah. that she needs a break. You're there. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, if one parent is working out of the house a lot and, right. and isn't there to to witness what these because when you come home and you say, oh, you know, oh, I've been driven mad today. They, they've been whinging and whining. Unless you're there and you you actually hear it I think it's hard to grasp how much that can wear you down um I always say like my husband never used to be around on a Saturday and um, I said to him do you know what Saturdays are like my worst day of the week and he's like what why Saturday's such a good day and I'm like no because you don't understand because everybody else is you know doing things with their families and all of that and then I Mm. feel like I've just got two people shouting at me for the whole day (laughs) (laughs) and it's not until he has actually had to go through that and do that that he's like ah get I get get what you mean I understand why a Saturday is so different to another day of the week um and yeah and he 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 understands I've got I've got a friend who um who insists on these like really um antiquated sort of gender roles he goes out to work and to be fair he works away from the house and actually Sarah and I have discussed this for a while because there was a point where I was like I can't actually get any work done because I'm driven by this guilt that I'm not doing enough parenting and I can hear you getting stressed and I can hear Margot crying Mm -hmm. downstairs so I can't focus on any work but then if I stop working I'm not really being a very good dad because I'm thinking about the work I've got to do back upstairs you know so we talked for a while about getting like an office space and now we've just sort of met in the middle and like if I've got my door closed basically that means I'm working um only kind of bother me if you really really need me like you know if if Margaret losing her mind and you need a break obviously come distract me but otherwise I'm I'm basically at the office but I've got this um this friend who has weirdly I didn't really see it coming from him either but he's got this like really like um sort of antiquated uh, gender roles where he goes out to work and he works in an office but because he sort of brings home the money in brings home the bacon marks, yeah he doesn't do anything else. Like he's, uh. he, he won't do the mornings. He won't do bedtime. He gets kind of like, he kind of throws his weight around a bit about like, um, uh, well, you couldn't do any of this if it wasn't for me, <laughs> you know? And <gasps> yeah. Oh. Right. I'm really kind of offended by it. And then on the weekends, he'll often like go out and get pissed and you, you know what I mean? And, and I, I, I can't get my head partly because for me, the time I get to spend with, with my family is the best time better than, than work mm. time. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love what I do. But also, I think because I spend most of my time doing what I do, hanging out with my daughter is kind of the, um, a breath of fresh air. I'm like, oh, I'm not at my desk or I'm not like responding to emails or filming things constantly. I've got some time with my girl. Um, but also, you just, you must be so out of touch with what parenting is. And I guess by being out of the house, yeah. by default, mm. you kind of maybe are. You just don't realise what a, challenge it can be and I, like I said before I think any job you do is easier than parenting uh, because you, you don't get a day off. Jim I mean I know that both George and I absolutely love what you've just said because we are all about I mean that, that that sort of goes into the forgotten father element where you know the partner or the working partner who is out of the house then becomes so detached with what's going on in the house right. doesn't feel part of it doesn't want to be part of it doesn't know how to right. be part of it and then the communication breaks down and then the mar- you know the relationships I mean it's it, it's it, it happens yeah. so Quickly, you can see how it happens. You can see how it happens, mm. and I think. Have you had? Is he one of your two friends? 
No, no, he's not actually. No, oh, okay, fine. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. He's okay. incredible. More of an acquaintance. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say because you could have a chat with him about him it. Up on, I'm yeah. going to say, have you yeah. pulled him up on it? It'd be really interesting. interesting. To sort of... Yeah, yes, and I mean, I, I don't know him well enough to sort of be that guy, but I will right. sort of make. Um, I, I'm not one for passive aggressiveness, so I won't sort of. If I'm going to say something, I'll say it. So I, I yeah. what I will do is frame it from my perspective and go, "Oh, I love hanging out with my kid." that sort of thing um and see if it gets any <laughs> and it, it doesn't what really about you? yeah <laughs> how about you I, I think it's just easier for him to not but but i think you're, you're right like if you want to have a good relationship with your kids um you need to put the time in I, I i think as well like i'm i'm privileged now and i wasn't as, as a child like but like i said i was loved and and what what remains true, whether you've got money or you don't, is the time that kids need. Mm. Margot doesn't care any less about how expensive a toy is. Um, she likes them if they're colourful and if they make a noise. But they can be from a charity shop or you can spend a fortune on it. What she actually cares about is the time you spend playing the toy, playing with the toy with her, right? Mm. And that will be true forever. Um, we're lucky that we will get to go on nice holidays and do all these things because I can afford it now. But even if I couldn't, like, she'd still be as loved, you know, and that, and, and still have the same amount of, of my time. I get that sometimes, you know, I've been through a really busy spell the last sort of few weeks, so I've not been around as much. Um, but I had a, a work opportunity come up next weekend, and I said no, because like, I'd, I'd much rather actually be spending the time that I've missed, because I've not seen her for two weeks, really, because I've been in my office. Uh, I'd much rather spend that weekend catching up with her, you know, especially at the moment, because she's doing new things constantly. And I, mm. I, I can't get my head around um, a parent, man man or woman, um, who, or, or, or any person um, who wouldn't want to see their kid develop in front of them and wouldn't want the, the opportunity to, to be their friend. Like, I really hope that as we get older, Margaret kind of is obviously I'm always going to be a dad. So there'll always be that sort of relationship. I also want her to, to want to talk to me, not have mm -hmm. to talk to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I want her to make that choice, not it be a necessity um, as she gets older. And to do that, you've got to, you've got to earn it. You don't just get to, you know, ejaculate <laughs> and then do nothing yeah. forever mm -hmm. and then go, okay, I'm your dad forever now. You know, good luck with that, uh, Jim. I've just, I've just had a title for your ne for your next book, Jim Chapman: How to Be a Present Dad. In brackets, it's not just ejaculation. <laughs> close brackets. Okay, I'm just saying it. If that's the title you go for, yeah, it's not right. And it's not. You don't just ejaculate. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Before we say goodbye to you, well, that's quite a nice place to kind of wrap things up. We would love to hear um, the piece of advice that you would give to a new father, or the best piece of advice that you were given as a new dad. I, I think the best piece of advice is is not to worry. Um, there are times when you need to worry, like if your kid's ill. You know, oh, okay, you need to sort of, you know, I think. But what one thing I do know is that they are around you all the time, and if you're worried about work or about them not rolling over or whatever it may be they, they do pick up on that stuff and I spent far too much of my existence already worrying about something and actually worrying doesn't get you anywhere it is a waste of time um, and I really want Margot to sort of um, uh, to be content I, I know there will be worries that, that crop up in in her life uh, and there'll be problems to overcome but I don't want her to sort of spend her time fixated on things that might never happen or to mm. worry about um a potential problem like, like i'm always saying to sarah because she's a worry i'm like if the thing happens then we'll fix the thing um until the thing happens or doesn't happen we're not going to worry about it because it, it, it's not even a thing right now it's just it's 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 ethereal it's like a fragment of your imagination so until it's an actual problem 
we're not going to think about it. And I want Margot to sort of have that actually. Gary, Sarah's dad, does that exceptionally well. He just switches off from things. And then um, if then there's a, an issue to overcome, he'll just use his resources and he'll fix it. Um, and I know that it's taken me a long time to get to that place in my life. Um, and I, I've spent so much of my life prior to that worrying about stuff that is unnecessary. And I really want Margot to enjoy. I mean, I'm 30. Four, am I thirty four? Yeah, I think I'm thirty four, and I reckon I spend a lot of that time just stressing and worrying. And I think that I'm already what, God, a third of the way through my life if I'm lucky. And like I've spent so much of that time just stressing, and I want Margot to enjoy every minute of it. And I think a lot of that comes from the attitude you have. She's going to be super well resourced, both because we can give her a good life, but also because I want her to to um trust in her own abilities and you know all that so i know that she'll be able to fix her problems when they arise so i don't want her to stress about the problems before they get there um because mm. I, I think that again it's just it's a total waste of time and energy i love that. love that and i love that you think you're gonna live to 100 as well jim i'm all, I'm all about that yeah, that's optimistic it's <laughs> <laughs> not the way i'm going <laughs> no great no great and what products have you been loving over this last eight months things you've been you really swear by yeah there's not loads of stuff actually because i, I we I don't want to just keep buying stuff all the time. And also because of my job, I get sent a lot of stuff and I just decline a lot of it because I'm like, yeah. I don't need stuff constantly. But um, we love a white noise machine. Um, and we have one actually attached to our push chair, um, which is like a rechargeable little doodah. So if she needs to sleep, we'll just recline the push chair, pull the uh, the shade thing over so it's dark and turn the white noise on. And um, sometimes you'll need like a bottle as well to to see her off but mm. invariably she will sleep uh the um is it called a tommy tippy perfect prep machine the, the, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we didn't bring it with us to the in-law so now i'm boiling the kettle constantly so i've either got milk <laughs> oh, that's scalding and it's, it takes so long to make a bottle and then you've got to shake it all up and it goes all frothy and you're like oh now i've got to find how much more liquid to put in to put it up to seven ounces but yeah. now it's all frothy like it's all bubbly on top and i can't see uh, and then they take forever to cool. So the perfect prep machine is brilliant. What was that? What was that sleep thing that you you were sharing it on your Instagram? I think it was oh, from Tommy really Tippy good. as well, the, actually. Uh, well, I've Tippy, never seen that. Um, it's called the Tommy Tippy Dream Maker, and we have that at home. We didn't bring it with us. Oh no, we did. We brought it with us. It's in um, the room that Margot's sleeping in. Um, it's really smart, and it's got this like cry sensor thing. So if she makes a noise, it kicks off again, and it plays um, pink noise actually, which is like white noise but actually pink. Uh, and it kind of, I think it replicates what they hear in the womb more accurately um, right, and yeah. it also has this, like, this red light so so sarah's really um uh uh what's the word like she, she doesn't believe the red light thing she's like but it's a light I'm like yes but it's not like uh stimulating because it doesn't wake them up and it's actually like a but she she, she will often i'll walk in and she's often put like a thing on top of it to, to... <laughs> no that's me i do I, I used to do that anything even that you know the cow pole plug-in thing right yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah, them yeah. there's yeah, like and, and they've got lights on them all of mine have got like black tape right. stuck over the top yeah. of them but it's not like i keep saying to it, it's not white light it won't stimulate her it won't wake her up it actually is soothing it's science I, I keep saying it's scientifically proven to soothe <laughs> and she says yes but it's also scientifically proven that it's even dark like, yeah, but it's essentially the dark because it's like red light. It doesn't make it anyway. We, I, said I feel to like her, this argument's put, been around for a right. while. I said, if you want to yeah. put something on top of it and block out the red light, that's fine. You do it. But when I'm doing it, I'm not going to because I think it's good. <laughs> anyway, it also it has this red light. It sort of pulses to like either the um, 
rate of a uh, an adult's breath or an, or a child's breath so it kind of helps to uh, it is really good actually that thing yeah. and it'll kick off again like if, if she cries um so we have that that is actually another thing that we find fairly essential that's brilliant great. love that okay yeah. jim thank you so thank much for coming so on much. and sharing Pleasure. so much with us and i no. i don't know me and georgia just love watching your parenting journey it's like you seem very happy i'm super happy yeah i, I can't wait actually for another one we're, we're slightly concerned we're like what if the other one is a dickhead because this one's yeah. like super easy <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you picture having a big family? I think we want to. Like, I, I think if I, I think um, Jackie once said, Sarah's mum once said, if you got more kids and you got hands, things get really difficult. <laughs> so I think um, yeah. two is a really good number. Um, I also think it's slightly more. Like, again, I'm one of four, and you need to get a bigger car at that point. And, yeah, the logistics. Know, like, things are just a bit trickier, and I just yeah. I mean, I, I think two is lovely. I just don't want Margaret to be an only child because I think um, I'm a, as a twin, it's really, really lovely to have somebody to share your yeah. childhood with who yeah. is a contemporary rather than a parent. Um, and I think yeah. that, yeah, I'd like that. Part. Yeah. And also when you're sitting on the sun lounges, when you do go on a holiday and they're a little bit older, they've got each other. They're like little best mates and you guys can exactly. sit back and enjoy a drink. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. if Simple they are fighting, you can just watch it happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm aware. I'm, I, my both my sisters have two kids each, and I'm aware that they do drive each other mental. But again, my twin brother and I, we hated. I say we hated. We always loved each other. We'd always like be there for each other. And there were times where like one would of us would get in a fight, and the other one would step in because we're like, not my twin. Um, but oh. you know, when you're at school and everything, you, we we were the twins, and we had like one identity to share. And so we kind of hated that, and we rebelled a bit, and we were we'd fight constantly. But as soon as you then kind of come out the other end of that, I went on to university, I did sixth form, I did like uh, education. My brother went to an apprenticeship and became a, um, a carpenter and then a personal trainer. We love each other much, much more. Well, I say we love each other. We, we like each other much, much more mm. um, because suddenly we're allowed our own personalities yeah. and we're mm. so different. Like we, I think our cores are very much the same. Um, but as people, we're like, he just burps and farts constantly. We're totally different. Um, and <laughs> I think having having a childhood where you're like just the same is, is tricky and I think that's kind of fairly true for siblings who are also sort of close in age but as you get older you appreciate each other more I think of course you do it's lovely yeah. well we'll get you back, get you both back on when baby number yeah. two's that's <laughs> great yeah <laughs> thanks so much thanks Jim. so much Pleasure. Jim thanks very much I mean the book title did you hear what he said he said no that's no, not that's the name not of the title that's not it no that's not it so do you think that's he's writing it. a book I would say so and he did yeah, say a lot maybe. actually oh when I'm writing uh, yeah I mean we should have picked up on that really shouldn't we <laughs> Oh, I, I would put money on it that he's definitely going to be bringing out a book very soon. Ooh, I wonder what it's going to be about. I wonder if it's a parenting book. Or... Yeah. Well, it would be so interesting if it, yeah. if it is, especially everything yeah. he's been through. I mean, wow. Wow, what a story. Uh, do you know what I found actually quite incredible? That he, he's been through all of that. He doesn't see himself as a victim. And he also said, I don't think my dad's a bad person. Oh, no. And I just got, I got, it must take a lot of work and a lot of, I guess, empathy and just growth to get to that point. 
when you've witnessed such hor- you know like horrible mm. things yeah I found that side of it really interesting actually um, and I, I think for me the one thing that stood out was how everything that he's gone through in his childhood has made him a better man today you know oh, that, yeah. that he's not following in his father's footsteps you know because it can take you down a certain path you know if you if you witness that level of abuse you know there is there is a there is a pattern with that the stats and he's are there got, it's the stats they're, they're there. really yeah, exactly. high yeah but not but not, but not for Jim and, and the way that he was you know speaking about his levels of empathy and the fact that he wants to be present not on his phone and that you know the, the shouting and the yelling it just doesn't happen in the house because obviously that's what he saw it, what a lovely what and what an incredible man what an incredible father I know and also the way he talks about Sarah just know. you know it's, lovely, it's actually it? so nice I hope Dawson and James speak about us like that at work they do not <laughs> no do you know what I think they do actually um in fact someone some, I met someone the other day and um said that they said that they bumped into Dozer in the in the pub go figure and he was like apparently he was raving about me saying what an incredible person and mother I was so that's right, really go. nice maybe we need to like like what do you do put like a little mic on them so we can hear what they say <laughs> oh my god maybe we should do that as an experiment wouldn't that be interesting oh my and good lord set someone up to talk to them like in the coffee shop and then just start talking about parenting and what they actually think of us and George have you taken so some drugs this morning what if they say we're <laughs> shit we'll fucking have to leave them at that point oh yeah that's yeah maybe maybe we shouldn't do that but I would be so interested to know what, to see what James to hear what James says about you yeah like in that way you know and he's like oh she's so mature he did say certain things didn't he like you know she's quite mm. volatile and all those mm. you know those things but when he came, when it came down to it, he says oh my god she's such a wonderful mother and I don't know. I think it's really lovely. I'll to bet a hundred quid on it that that they that the James would say the same thing about you. Well, anyway, look, I'll I'll put one of those um, voice recorders we'll on myself. We'll bunk him. Is that, right? is that illegal? <laughs> This, this this podcast taking a twist at the end, doesn't it? Thank you so much for listening. As always, we would love you if you have the time to rate, review, subscribe and give the podcast a little follow. That'd be amazing. Yeah, please do. And any feedback you've got, we're, we're all ears. Please do drop us a DM. We're on at Made by Mummers on Instagram and we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mummers is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.